welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6 before we pray and ask the Lord for his help during this part of the service. Ephesians chapter 6. And as soon as you get there, just go ahead and wait a minute and we'll pray and we'll go to the specific scriptures in just a moment. Well, Heavenly Father, we're asking as we move forward in this service, we're asking that you would open our eyes. Lord, we give you 100% permission to just work in us, help us. Lift us, show us things that we need to see, that we might do those things we need to do. Father, we're asking that your word would come forth today boldly as it ought to. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit would make real to us the things that we need to get a hold of today and apply it to our specific situations and our specific area of living. Father, we don't want to leave church today without everything you have for us. So help us to be good listeners, Lord. We seek best we know how. We look, we expect best we know how. And if there's any areas that we don't know how, we're asking your mercy to help us in those areas and make up the gap. And so, Father, thank you for your word. We'll purpose to be doers of your word of anything that we see that maybe we need to do or correct or change. But we know you'll even help us to do that. So, Father, we glorify you right now for all the wonderful, powerful things that will transpire in this service and later as a result of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read a few scriptures here before we get into the specifics. But there's some context we want to go ahead and focus on. Oh, you know what? Um, There's something I wanted to do just before I start preaching, and that is called Joy Strickland Up. Joy, where are you? You're right here, right in the front. Joy and Jim, I, um, I thought this would be a good testimony even before we share what we're going to share now because this goes right in line with what we're going to be talking about today. So I was helping at the church yesterday decorating and I was in the kitchen talking to Joy and Jim and Joy began to share with me a testimony. And as soon as she shared it with me, I thought, you got to share that on Sunday morning because it's a powerful testimony. And you need to know that what the Lord has done through her, for her, He'll do for anybody. God is no respecter person. So let this testimony stir you up and realize, huh, God's still doing good things like that today. You bet he is. He will never stop as long as there's problems in the air. So go ahead, Joy. Share what you shared with me in the kitchen. I have a wonderful thing to share with you today. Uh, It was several months ago, but my sister called me from, she lives in Fort Collins, just sobbing. And I tried to calm her down so I could know what was going on. She told me that her, can- her son had cancer all through his body. And she said, he's going to die. And I said, no, he is not going to die. I said, we are going to pray. We're going to have faith. And he's going to be just fine. Well, he went to the hospital, got treatments for two weeks, sent him home uh, to eat regular food. He was on a feeding tube. And today, he is back to work and doing cancer-free. Thank you. Then I got her calmed down, and she told me she also had cancer. She had cancer in her spine. So they had to remove part of her spine and put some medical cement to rebuild her spine. She went through chemo, which is pretty rough, but today my sister is also cancer-free. I told her that's what prayer and faith does. So I thank God to this day that they are both fine and doing well and cancer-free. So good, praise it was God. Really awesome. Yes. yes, yes, it is. Yes, thank you. 
So before you sit down, so I thought it was really powerful that when she heard the report, the first thing she said was no. You know, God's looking for people to say no. Because the enemy's looking for people to just give in and say, oh, well. But no can be very powerful when it comes to seeing deliverance in your life. You do not have to accept every fact that this world says you have to accept. There is a truth that over, um, overrides physical fact. And you just that's one of the best things you can say is no. Then what? Well, just be led by the Spirit. Quoting scriptures would be a good thing. Praying would be a good thing in faith. Power but pray. Power pray. So thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Let's give these guys a hand clap. Yeah, that stirred me up. I don't usually just do things on the cuff like that. But when Joy shared that with me, I thought somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear. Just because somebody tell you something, tells you something in the natural that's not good, that doesn't mean you have to go, well, I guess that's the way it's going to be. It's just going to have to run its course and hope things work out. No, you can say no. You can say no. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. No, God's, God's got a way out of this thing. So praise the Lord. So did we pray? Did we already pray? Yes, we did. <laughs> so, so turn to Ephesians 6, 10. You're already in Ephesians 6. Let's start with verse 10. Thanks again, Joy and uh, Jim. We really appreciate you guys. In Ephesians 6, in verse 10, Paul is finishing up his letter to the, to the church at Ephesus. And he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. That's different than trying to fix things in your own power. That's different than trying to be strong in your own strength. This is turning to the Lord, being strong in your efforts to look to him, strong in your efforts to get in his word, strong in your efforts to say what he wants you to say. That's uh, a lot of people try to overcome life's fight in their own power. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. What a blessing. Do you think the armor of God is strong enough to withstand anything the devil throws your way? I do. That would be a good idea to put it on, huh? You and I, without the armor, we're not strong enough for some of the attacks of life. But the armor of God? Oh, yeah. Everybody say, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The armor of God can withstand anything of the devil. It's God's armor. That's a good word. But then he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means thought out schemes, trickery and deception. So what's the number one purpose of the armor? So you can recognize the devil's deception and not give into it. He will come clothed in feelings, thoughts, imaginations, He will try to convince you that something is true that is not. Like you're going to die with the disease or you're not going to make it out of it. And he will. He's been around a long time working at how to convince human beings to, to fall for his lies. And the only defense that we have for him is the armor of God and the word of God. I mean, the word of God deals with the. I mean, the armor of God is the word of God. He tells you the specific areas of the word to put on. So he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So I guess we should stop fighting one another and aim, aim our efforts at the true enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in heavenly or high places. Now, I'd like, I'd like to be able to say to you all that you're never going to have any more trouble with the devil after you're saved. Wouldn't that be great if I said, oh, you'll no, now that you're saved, you'll never have any more trouble with the devil. No, you're still going to have some trouble in this area, but you have way more than enough power to overcome anything he tries to do to you. All right, that's what you need to realize. Really, the answer is not, oh, God, Please just annihilate the devil. It's not going to happen yet. His day's coming. The answer now is just get your faith up to where it needs to be and you can overcome it all. 
Oh, that's a good word. I, I know Brother Hagan, he said one time, somebody said, uh, Brother Hagan, pray for me. Brother uh, Kenneth Hagan's a lot of our spiritual father. He's my spiritual father in the faith. And he said, somebody came to him and said, um, pray for me, Brother Hagan, that I have no more trouble with the devil. And well, Kenneth Hagan knew that the only way you're going to have no more trouble with the devil is, is when you're in heaven. So he said to the guy, he says, well, you want me to pray that you die? Because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to have no more trouble with the devil. No more temptation, no more trials, no more you know, attacks in this area. And he said, I don't want you to pray that I die. He said, well, of course you don't. But you do have power to overcome him. The prayer should be, Brother Hagan, pray with me that my eyes are opened, that I see I got victory over the enemy and that I've got faith to resist all his fiery darts. That would be a good prayer. Not, oh God, annihilate the devil. That day's coming, but it's not yet. And, but it's okay because we have everything we need to stand successfully against him. All right, so he says, we wrestle not against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, of this world, against spiritual wickedness, hosts of wickedness in heavenly or high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Say evil day. Evil day. Um, I know we don't like to talk about that, but if you got victory over everything the enemy throws your way, you shouldn't be afraid to talk about it because you're going to have to deal with it, either in your life or somebody you love. The evil day comes to everybody, and that's really not the big issue. The big issue is are you ready? Because you can totally be ready. That's one of the reasons you need to be in church like you are today because you're, you're getting ready. For what? Well, a couple of things. You're, you're growing and you're maturing in your spiritual walk with God, but you're also being equipped to overcome and to know what to do when an attack comes your way or somebody you love. And for that can mean the difference between living on or going home early. So important to make sure you're ready. And, you know, we're... We teach a lot about victory in the church here. We teach a lot about healing and divine health. But we're not doing it because we're afraid to die. We need to, if you, if you have a problem with the fear of death, find scriptures that talk about heaven and how much the Lord loves you and how you're his child and you're going to be with him forever. Keith Moore's got a great book out entitled Victory Over Death. It's a free download. You can go on his website and get it. But you really, you, we all really need to be completely free from the fear of death. Because until you're completely free from the fear of death, you're really not able to live quite properly yet. Because you're always going to have this thing looming over your shoulder. What if I get by a spider and I die? Or what if I get claustrophobic and I suffocate? What? See, all these phobias are actually fear of dying. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to fly in an airplane. No, you're afraid of the airplane crashing and you dying. But what if you got over the fear of death? Now you're ready to live. And it'll actually be easier to live in health, too, because your efforts of boldness will be more faith than fear. So having he said that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And sometimes you just got to stand. Hmm. OK, when is this thing going to shape up? OK. Pain's still there. Okay. Not quite feel better yet. What are you supposed to do at a time like that? Stand. Stand. And if you have a hard time standing, lean on the Lord while you're standing. The Bible talks about he, puts it, he has everlasting arms that hold us up. Sometimes you just picture yourself leaning back on his everlasting arms going, Father, I may not understand why things haven't changed yet. I may not understand why I don't feel better yet. I may not understand why it seemed to have gotten a little worse after I prayed. But you didn't lie. And you're going to help me to stand until this thing turns around. I will end up on the top. Now, you will be wishing at times that it was over. The battle was over. You're going to be feeling like at times that you have no more strength. And a lot of times that's true. But the Lord's got more strength. You'll make it to the end. And that's what we want to talk about here. So let me get down to the next couple of verses. Stand therefore. Here's the armor of God. You ready? Stand therefore. And he told you to put it on. Having girded your waist with truth. So part of the armor is truth. 
holds all the swords up, holds all some, you know, put the arm, put the truth belt on. The truth, what does that mean? Well, one simple way to, to look at this, and the gospel is simple, is Jesus said, praying to the Father, Father, your word is truth. So you want to make sure you got a bunch of word around the core of your life. Amen. Truth. There's no substitute for knowing this book. There's no, we are no match for the devil. He's been around a lot longer than us if we just want to intellectually kind of resist him. You, the only thing that will successfully resist the enemy and get you the victory is the truth. Jesus said, you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So everybody say, I'm putting the belt of truth on. And I ain't never taking it off. Is that good for us Coloradoans? I ain't never taking it off. Right? Having put on the breastplate, oh, there's more, of righteousness. We got a breastplate. Covers vital organs. Not just physically, but spiritually. The breastplate of righteousness, which is a whole teaching in itself. You know, the Bible says... We which have received, talking to Christians, we which have received the abundance of grace and have received of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life as kings through the one Jesus Christ, the Messiah. What does that mean? That means the gift of righteousness is not something you work up to. The Bible says you wake up to it. Wake awake to righteousness, the Bible says. Righteousness is a gift from God. We could never be righteous enough in our own efforts to be in God's family, to go to heaven when we die, to, to be as bold as a lion against disease and demons. We could never be righteous enough in our own actions. And that's why he made us righteous when we got born again. And it's a gift. And not only are you righteous after you're saved, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How much more righteous can you get than the righteousness of God? That, like I said, that's a whole seminar right there on righteousness. But man, one of the first things would be really good to realize as a born again Christian is that you're not the same person anymore. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that new creation is right with God. Past is wiped away. Brand new person and you're the righteousness of God in Christ. That'll keep you from condemnation. And then he says, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, being ready to share the word, being involved in the spreading of the gospel. But notice verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Let's read on. We'll come back to that verse. And the sword of the oh, excuse, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The offensive weapon is God's word, getting it in your heart and speaking it out of your mouth. And then he says, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all believers everywhere. All right, it seems God wants us to pray for one another. Now, go back to verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So, shield denotes not letting something in. A shield denotes protection, right? A shield denotes keeping something out. How many want to keep fiery darts of the enemy out? Well, then the first step is to be very interested in the shield of faith. Because it quenches how many? Now, it's interesting. It didn't say it stops them from coming. This is where I think a lot of people give up because they feel the hit of a dart and they think, oh, I lost already. No, something hit your shield. And just as soon as it came, it can go. Are you listening to me, church? 
See, a lot of times you'll feel a hit. Maybe a symptom in your body, maybe a fear in your mind. You'll feel it. Something hits you. But did you know that just because it hits you doesn't mean you have to let it in you? I mean, I'm sure I've seen some of the Roman shields. I did a little looking up at, even yesterday. They're messed up, man. They've got dents in them. They've got you know, cracks in them. There's stuff coming against them. Well, that's what a shield's for. And a shield doesn't mean you don't feel any attacks. It just means you can stop those attacks from getting into you. And what people need to do is they need to realize what would be a good response to an attack when I feel a hit in my shield. What would be a good response? Well, I like what Joy said. How about no? No, this is not of God. My father doesn't want me going through this. This is not of God. I say no to it. What are you doing? You're actually using your shield. Now, here's something interesting, too. He said, take up the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Missiles, flames, things that he tries to shoot your way to hurt you and harm you and your loved ones. Having faith is one thing. Using it is another. I'm going to show you before the day's over how to use your faith. Now, some things I personally do in my life, too. Having faith, see, go to Romans, hold, hold your finger, but go to Romans chapter 12. I think we'll be coming back. So look at Romans chapter 12. We'll go to verse 4. Um, actually, verse 3. Romans 12, this is Paul talking to the church at Rome. He said, I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Say, I have faith. I have faith. Now, you may not have known it. You may not have known you have something in you that can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, but today you do. You just saw it. Say, I have a measure of God's faith. Well, what do you mean of God's faith? Well, if he gave it to you, it's from him. It's, it's, he gave you some of his faith. You have some of God's faith in you. Now, now, that shouldn't surprise us because if you're born again, you're a child of God. Some of him would be in you. Right? So you have a measure of the God kind of faith. But that doesn't mean you're just automatically going to take up the shield of faith. How I many know you got to take up what he gave you? Put on what he gave you. Hmm? And one of the first things you need to realize in taking up the shield of faith is you have something right now to take up. So say this, I'm taking up the shield of faith. And I'm going to win over attacks. I will quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Now, this will help you guys. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the things that I have learned in my life. Because sometimes it just, in the past, it seemed like you know, things just sometimes will slap you upside the face. Like, where'd that come from? Where'd that sickness come from? How'd this challenge come up? Well, you may not have the answers to that, but you do have a shield. And I thank God Carl and I were talking about this, how soldiers, I think at times they'll learn how to put their weapon together in the dark and in the rain and with distractions and, and all this other stuff and, and lock and load and all this stuff and chick, 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 and all this stuff. They learn it so many times that when they're really in battle, it's second, na second nature. It's just, you know, sometimes in battle, you don't have time to go back to the instruction manual. It needs to be already in your heart. Oh, where's that manual for that M16? Let's see. This goes here in the... No, we pray that never happens to anybody in the sound of my voice. But we can be ready, church. You and I can be ready. Faith is one of the greatest gifts of God other than Jesus and grace himself that he has given us. But faith has been given to us in a measure. The Bible talks about little faith, and great faith, weak faith and strong faith. 
no faith and exceeding growing faith. So we can see there's something we need to do with our faith if we want to go from this measure to this measure. Mm. How many know it's so good to be strong spiritually? Strong in faith. Next time something comes your way that challenges you. Whew, if there's anything, guys and gals, if there's anything you want to get muscular in, oh, come on, if there's anything you want to get strong in, if there's anything you want to pop the seams in, it's faith. It's spiritually. Because I'm telling you, 20-inch biceps, right? 30-inch quads is not going to help you in a spiritual attack. Are you listening, church? What's going to help you in a spiritual attack? Strong in the Lord. Strong in faith. Oh, boy, the enemy just pushed a button. You just transformed, man. From, from Joe or John or Sue to man and woman of faith. Devil goes, whoops, wrong button, demons. What are you doing? There's a scripture. I didn't used to like it real well. And if you don't like it, God knows it. Just be honest, but you'll like it eventually. I didn't like it. And it's in Proverbs and it says, because I read the Bible and I take it personally. And the Bible says, if you, so I'm thinking, okay, so Solomon's talking to me here. John, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Okay, owie. I never used to like that scripture until I realized. What's the problem? If you faint in the day of adversity. Is the problem that Goliath was too big? Is the problem that the sickness was too great? No, I'm glad that wasn't the problem because that's not in my court to fix. He said, the problem was your strength is small. Get this revelation. Small strength can be fixed. Oh, say this. I'm going to grow with the help of God stronger than the problem. Oh, God, just get the problem out of my life. You ever think about growing stronger than the problem? You kicking it out of your life and not being afraid of it ever coming back again? Oh, that's freedom. <laughs> we were teaching a while back on growing up spiritually and developing spiritually and uh, recognizing we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body and the spirit is the inward man and the inward man has a soul and the inward man that has a soul lives in a body, the earth suit, you know. And uh, I was giving a testimony about my life about uh, many years ago when I was a little puppy, <laughs> a little kid. I must have been four or five, maybe like that, I think. And I'd be sitting in my living room in La Crescenta, California with my mom and dad and my brother and my sister. And, and all, every once in a while, this commercial would come on and it would start like this. Boom, 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 boom. Anybody remember the old Ham's beer commercial where there's like these bears in the jungle? They go boom, boom. And I don't know why, but man, I got scared and I cried and I ran out of there and I got in my bedroom and I just, oh, it was scary to me. I have good news for you. I ain't afraid of that commercial no more. <laughs> they can play it 20 times a day. Won't bother me. They could play it 30 times a show. Don't bother me. Why? Why? Because the commercial was destroyed or because I grew up. Did you know that there's things you and I maybe right now are facing that seem like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. Did you know that there's things right now that maybe people are afraid of? I mean, really afraid of like, no, no, I don't want to think about that. Did you know, and not too long from now, staying in the word, praying, using your faith on little things, hearing the gospel, praying, going to church, reading your Bible. Did you know a little while after doing that, that thing you won't be afraid of anymore. And it wasn't, the answer wasn't get rid of the thing. The answer is keep developing in Jesus. Keep growing in the Lord. 
I thought it was interesting that Jesus, you know, remember, remember when um, Peter said, Lord, I'm going to die with you. I don't care what happens. I'm going to die with you. And, and Jesus said, well, Peter, actually, you're going to deny me three times um, right after the cock crows. So he said, no, I'm not. I'm, uh -uh. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired you to sift you like wheat, to cause a separation of Peter from his faith in Jesus, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Satan, he, Jesus perceived this by a word of knowledge, I believe it was a word of wisdom. He says, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. Let me tell you what he did not pray. Peter, I prayed for you that the devil wouldn't attack you. He didn't pray that because the devil severely attacked him. He didn't pray. He didn't say, Peter, I prayed for you that this temptation and test and trial doesn't even come your way. That's not what he prayed. Because the temptation, if you read a few chapters later, it did come his way. And it was so severe that this man wept bitterly over what he had done. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And listen to the faith of Jesus. And Peter, when you're converted, when you get through this thing, strengthen the brothers. Jesus is saying, uh, you're going to get through this before he even went through the test. That like to destroy him, except for the Lord's prayer. I pray your faith fail not. I've prayed that prayer many times for people going through trials because if their faith doesn't fail, you win. You may go through four quarters of Tom Brady's Super Bowl stuff behind three touchdowns, four touchdowns, but they didn't quit. And I really, I'm sensing this. I'm sensing the Lord's trying to show me this. The only way we lose is if we give the ball to the other team. Now, sometimes you're going to go into major overtime. <laughs> what do you do in major overtime? You stand and you say, like I said, I believe God. It shall be even as it was told me. I believe God. I'm coming up because he didn't lie. And there'll be times everything about your natural man will feel like it is over forever. Dark, no feelings of victory, uh, no good reports, um, just emotions. What do you do at times like that? You say, God, it sure looks like it's over, but I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I do. I never even worry that I might not make it through. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I do. Because I know you love me, I will always trust in you. So am I preaching to anybody? I mean, has anybody ever gone through a test or a trial? Are you all just soaring up in the clear blue yonder? And so one of the first things. So, so he didn't say the shield of faith will jump up in your face and automatically quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It says you'll be able to do it. That means there's some ability on our end. And it's called taking up the shield of faith. Amen. Um, I, we have to get out of the habit of thinking when something hits us, it's probably going to run its course. I said, we have to get out of the habit of thinking that when something hits us, all of a sudden, oh, two weeks of this. No. Say no. 
put your foot down and say, not this time. I've been in the word. I've been hearing from God. It ain't no, no, because everything about your natural mind just automatically goes that way. It's a habit. It's like, oh boy, two weeks of this. Okay, I'm going to fill that and then I'm going to fill this and I'm going to fill that. No, not this time. Get out. Fiery dart, you hit me in the body, but you're not getting in my heart. I'm not going to believe that this is going to run for two weeks. Do you know, it's so good to be ready. Oh my, 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 my. Did you know that a report from the doctor, any negative report, but let's just say cancer. Did you know a report from the doctor that a person has cancer is really not the most important thing? What you believe about it is the most important thing. So, well, Pastor, I just don't have that kind of faith. I just don't have that kind of faith. If you look at times you were afraid, you'll see you have that kind of faith. It's just in the negative. See, just like people say, people say, you know, because the Bible talks about meditating in the word day and night and you'll be successful. Meditating in the word day and night. Somebody says, I don't know how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Just turn it around for the good. Meditate on the good things. Quit pondering the bad things. Same thing with faith. If you've ever been afraid of something, what are you doing? You're thinking about it. You're pondering it. You're thinking, how am I going to get out of this? Well, just turn that around. Fear is faith in the negative. Just turn that intensity into faith. That this, is, this, is, this is not going to run its course in my life. I failed to hit my shield, but it's not getting in me. It's not getting in me. Now, here's another really good piece of news. If something did get in you, Let's say a sickness did get in you or a fear or whatever got in you. Faith will get it out. Faith will get it out. And faith can also keep it out. And if you haven't learned how to keep it out, you're going to have to use your faith maybe to get it out. Are you following? We've got testimony after testimony. Mark through, excuse me, Matthew through Acts. Testimony after testimony of how faith can get things out of your life that did get in your life. But you come on into the New Testament, you'll start seeing, wait a second, some of these things that got into me in the past, I can keep them on the outside. I may feel a dent, bang once in a while, but you know how you don't let it in? As soon as you feel it, you go, no. 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 Now, if we were only human and we said no, that might look pretty weak. But we are not only human. Our no has a divine spark in it. Our no has a power in it from our Father God because we are made in the image and likeness of God. We are the offspring of the Almighty. And when we say no in faith, demons stop because Jesus makes it happen. There's times you just have to say, no, no, your neighbors may hear you. I said, your neighbors may hear you. It's all right. It's worth the victory. Plus, now you got a great thing to converse with them about. I just want to know if you heard us all screaming the other days because we said no to cancer. We said no to disease or we said no to fear or this breakup or whatever. And uh, the Lord came on the scene and fixed everything. No. Uh-uh. You know, Jesus was um, not respectful at all of the devil. <laughs> he said things like, hold your peace and come out. Shut up. Today we'd say, shut up. This time Jesus needs to say, devil, shut up. I resist you. I'm submitted to God. I resist you and you leave me. And then we have to talk about um, I don't know if we'll talk about much of it today. We have to talk about um, what to do between amen. Just prayed our wonderful prayer for healing or whatever. We got to know what to do between amen. And there it is. Because this space right here is very important. Very important what you do in this space right here. 
because the devil does not want another manifestation of the goodness of God in the earth realm because more people will believe in him, in Jesus, more people will come to him, more people will be set free. So when you launch out in the faith adventure, and some people have wondered, I don't know why there's such opposition to this. I don't know why this is taking so long. Probably because the devil knows how many other people your victory is going to affect. So turn to 2 Corinthians 4. And while you're turning there, let me just say it again. Above all, God said, take the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith. It looked like a door. You know, and you see the Roman shields, they look like a door. They're really big. Sometimes they covered the whole body. I think other times they're about like this. But the, the, the shield of faith is like a door and it ha- it's round. It's like curved like this. So you just total protection. And Paul's likening that. Or he's likening the shield of faith to a Roman shield because that's what they were familiar with 2000 years ago. Paul was a Roman. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Here's something else that taking up the shield of faith is. The Lord said, since we have the same spirit of faith, the Lord through Paul, since we have the same spirit of faith as David and Joshua and the Old Testament patriarchs he was talking about, according to what is written, this is it. You ready? I believe. And therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So what is taking up the shield of faith? Well, it's realizing you have faith, first of all, right? What's another thing the shield of faith is? Speaking what you believe as a part of your life. It's called releasing your faith through your words. How did Jesus successfully resist the devil in the wilderness when he was tempted that 40 days and 40 nights, fasting and praying? How did he resist the devil? He said something against the temptation, test and trial. It is written. It is written. It is written. Well, the devil had enough of it is written and it said he left him for a while. And Jesus And it said, angels came and ministered to Jesus and he returned in the power of the spirit. How the Lord resisted these attacks is how we resist the attacks. Are you following? Guys, I want you prepared. Listen closely. You can say something when problems come your way. You have something to say. You've got something to say. You say, well, pastor, I haven't been living like I should be. And I know I'm not doing everything the Lord told me to do. And that's what the whole first part of the service was all about. The blood. The blood cleanses you from all those sins. All you got to do is say, God, I flaked. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And what's happening? Well, you're judging yourself and you won't have to be judged. No, it's got to probably take three days. No, I know sometimes past sins try to linger in your brain and you feel really bad for them. You cry again. And but there comes a time where the Lord's going to say, Um, Would you please leave that alone? Because I did put that under for you. I I, I got that out of your life. Would you please leave that alone? Because if you don't leave past sins alone, you know, that you've already said, God, I'm sorry for. If you keep digging those things up, it'll mess with your faith. And you don't want nothing messing with your faith when you need strong faith. It'll mess with your ministry. It'll mess with your calling. It'll hinder you to keep thinking about how terrible things you've done. I was reading um, Psalm 103 where King David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. And don't forget all of his benefits. Don't forget all the Lord's benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. He's talking to his soul, you know, probably looking in his mirror. He said, don't you forget the benefits of the Lord, David. He forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. I was like, I wonder what that word iniquity means. I looked it up and it means perversity. 
Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how terrible I've been. I've done awful things. I've done just unforgivable things. No. There's nothing any human being can do on this planet that the blood can't cleanse. Wow, but what about the unpardonable sin? That's talking about people who don't want to repent. That's talking about people who don't want forgiveness. That's talking about people who deliberately walk away from the Lord and say, I don't need forgiveness. Well, God's not going to make them turn around. So obviously that's unforgivable. As far as they're concerned, God's, you know, he blankets everything with forgiveness and mercy. But if a person wants to walk away and not acknowledge something is wrong, what can the Lord do? If he's not going to override free will, there's not much he can do. So I looked that up and it said perversion. Now that's getting pretty weird. But it said he forgives all of them. I think it's one of the things. (laughs) I like seeing examples in the Bible because they're like extreme, if you know what I mean. Manasseh, we talked about Manasseh. He was so bad. That king was so bad. Hezekiah's son, it was was a mess. He started to rule over Israel and it said he started to seek enchantments, witchcraft, divination. It says Manasseh made the people he was leader over, God's people. He said he made those people to sin worse than the heathen. He made them sin worse than the heathen. It says Manasseh caused his children to pass through the fire. What do we call that? Perverted, (laughs) wicked, terrible. You say, what happened to that guy? Well, he got an affliction one day. His enemies got a hold of him and he was in affliction. Doesn't, Doesn't give the specific torture or the affliction, but he was in affliction and it got to him. And he woke up, kind of like the prodigal son. He woke up, he realized, I'm going to die in my sins and I don't want to. I'm going to die if I don't. So the Bible says Manasseh humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed. In the next couple of verses in the Bible, it says the Lord got him out of affliction, got him out of the enemy's camp, brought Manasseh back to his kingdom, He ruled and reigned and lived out his life. And he didn't die young. What's that called? That's like mercy, hyper mercy. It's like, it's like, wow. You know, it says as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward us. I mean, if we just took off right now in some hot air balloon or something, we're up there in the stratosphere and somehow we got oxygen and all this stuff. We're looking at, we probably wouldn't go, hmm, that's cool. We'd probably go, Wow. Well, when you see the mercy of God in operation like that, you're going to go, wow, wow. That's like speechless. So here he says in 2 Corinthians 4, one of the things you need to be doing with the shield of faith is you need to be speaking what you believe. You need to be speaking what you believe. I do that in my personal devotions. There's times where I'll just confess things over my life that I have prayed prayers about that I'm believing for. And I'm saying, I call this this way. I call this that way to my body. There's things I'll say over my life concerning divine protection and my family. There's things I'll say over my life regularly. I try to do it daily um, over my life in the area of healing and prosperity and freedom from fear or whatever it is. Just scriptures that I found. I spent time searching the scriptures and found these scriptures. I say them over my life. I say them so God can hear them, so the devil can hear them, so the angels can hear them. I say them unashamedly because I have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and we speak what we believe. You got to believe what you speak. I said, you got to believe, you got to speak what you believe and you got to believe what you speak. Can I get a witness, church? Get in the habit of speaking the word of God over your lives every day like you eat three meals every day. Just Just something you do. I just do it. And then when I'm out of my devotion time and out of my prayer time and I'm going about my daily business, I'll be saying the word at times when I'm driving down the car or if a situation comes up that says, no, uh, th- this, is not, this good thing is not going to happen. I say, yes, it is. And then I quote the scripture. What am I doing? I'm, I've got the shield of faith. Now, can, can I, let me just say this to you because I'm running out of time. Faith is not a bailout. Though God will bail us out at things, out of things at times, 
It's really not supposed to be looked at as a bailout. It's supposed to be looked at as a way of life. Listen closely. If you're waking up and you're feeding your faith, and we'll talk about that and we'll close with that one. So go to Romans 10. But if you're waking up and you're feeding your faith and you're speaking what you believe and you're exercising your faith against tests and trials, friend, listen to this. Why wait for a big crisis before you start get using your faith and speaking the word? How about you develop on the little ones? So when or if the big one does come to you or someone you love, you're stronger. You've been using your faith on, you know, smaller things. Are you listening to me? You want to be developing in faith. Listen closely. You you don't just want to wait for the big one to come and then say, oh, I got to get that sermon on the shield of faith and, and do what pastor said. How about you do it right now? on that $200 bill that you really want paid for, that you don't have the cash to pay for. Or how about using it right now on the wart on your right hand? Are you listening to, see, what do you, develop now. The Bible says, uh, we can't, we're not going to go there, but listen closely. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Listen very closely. The Bible says, Paul the Apostle said to all believers, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, healing and deliverance. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein the gospel of Christ, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just, or I will say the Christian, shall live by faith. Come on, faith is not just a bailout. Faith is something you need to be operating in every day, little stuff, medium-sized stuff. And then when the big stuff comes, you're ready. You're not afraid of cancer any more than you're afraid of a wart. You've been living in this stuff. You have no doubt that you'll be free. Your God didn't lie to you. His word is true. He'll never let you down. But, But if you're not developed and this thing comes upon you, you might go a fear road. You might go a natural road only. Now, I've seen God work with natural medicine and with surgeries and things recover supernaturally quick. I've seen God work where, you know, wherever you're at, he'll meet you. But, oh, friend, it's time that we start living by faith every day, waking up in the morning and feeding our faith. Hmm? Come on, tell me, how do you feed your faith? How do you feed your body? You eat, right? How do you feed your faith? Romans 10, 17, put it on the screen. How do you feed your faith? Huh? How do you feed your, how many want to be strong every day and not just try to get strong when a crisis hits? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to feed your faith? You want to be strong in faith? You need to hear the word regularly, just like you eat physical food regularly. And I'm talking about reading the Bible, but that's not all I'm talking about. If it was really important, God would have said, so then faith comes by reading. Now, I believe to hear from God while I'm reading the Bible. A lot of people don't get a lot out of the Bible because they're not believing they're going to hear from God. They're just doing their devotions. Can I say that again? A lot of people aren't getting a lot out of reading their Bible because they're just reading their Bible. They're not believing to hear from God for their life. Why do some people get more out of the Word than others? Some people are believing to get more out of the Word. Others just doing their Christian duty. Well, I didn't get much out of the Word. Well, you should have. What are you saying? I didn't get much out of the word. Why not? You just told me why. You didn't. You can get as much out of the word as you believe to get out of the word. That scripture says faith comes by hearing. So, so, if you, so taking up the shield of faith means you need to recognize, I got a measure of faith. God gave it to me. I don't have to pray for it. I got it. I got it. And it's more than enough. I'm going to develop it every day. Number two. Feed your faith regularly. I would say daily, if not multiple times a day. 
Feed your faith. Hear good sermons. Read the books the Lord's leading you to read about faith and healing. There's things I, I feed on regularly. I feed on the Word of God in the area of healing a lot. I feed on the Word of God in the area of faith a lot. I feed on the Word of God in the area of the Holy Spirit a lot. I, now, please listen to how I say this. I know that there are hundreds and thousands of amazing Holy Ghost anointed God sent preachers and teachers on this planet. But I know where I'm called. I know what works in me concerning his calling on my life and the things that I'll face in this life. I know my calling. I can't be listening to everything that's available. I can't. It's too serious. It sounds good. It, it, it stirs up emotions. It, it helps me to a degree. But there's nothing like what your tribe is involved with. Are you listening, guys? There's a few preachers I listen to, and that's about it. That's about it. I could probably count the ones on one hand that I really listen to most. I'll listen to other sermons if I'm like with somebody or we're just sitting somewhere or whatever. Like last night, I think we, you know, we turned on a preacher that we've hardly ever listened to. We've seen him in person, but, but it, it was good because he's in the same camp. Um, I'm just going to let go on record. I, I'm in the go victory camp. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm in the Hagen camp. I'm in the Copeland camp. I'm in the Keith Moore camp. Are you listening to me, church? I'm in the Mark Hankins camp. I'm in the Mac Hammond camp. Come on, are you? I'm in the Jeremy and Sarah Pearson's camp. Because if that's where I'm called, that's where the most powerful life-saving info is going to come to me from. Concerning my makeup, my calling, my challenges in my future. And to go into something else that's really good and leave that? Hmm. I just know what the Lord has told me about that. And you know, you can talk to the Lord about that yourself. So let's just go real quick and we'll close. You ready? Take up the shield of faith. How do you do that? Number one, recognize you have it. You're not going to go to the closet to get it if you don't think it's in the closet. But hopefully from this message forward, it's never in the closet again. Come on. We, we see we're supposed to put on the armor of God, but there's nowhere it says we take it off. You can go over it every day. I got the shield on, or the breastplate on. I got the, the, the boots on. I got the belt on. I got the breastplate. I got the helmet. I got the sword. Shine it up a little bit here and there and say, ha ha. I got the armor of God on. Spiritual attitudes concerning righteousness and salvation and faith. Truth. So, you got it? You got the faith? Say, I got it. Okay, but gotten it and using it is two different things. Amen. I got it and using it. So, no, we, so take it up, right? You realize you got it. Number two, feed your faith every day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Three, I believe, therefore I speak. Speak your faith every day. Amen. Not just when the crisis hits. Right. Build up your muscles so when or if that crisis does hit, you will overcome. It won't be any bigger to you than the lion or the bear that you already took care of. Don't you like that? Yes. David killed Goliath, a mighty man of war from his youth. And David was just a little youth and he killed him. But he said, this uncircumcised Philistine called Goliath, he'll be no different than the lion that I, that I broke its neck and uh, the bear that tried to get my lambs and my father's flock. He learned how to operate with the lion and the bear with the faith that he had. And then when it came to Goliath, it was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he's not just saying it with fear in his heart. He's been there. He's developed. He's been getting ready. Oh, guys, get ready on the warts.
get ready on the sore throats. Come on, get ready on the pain in your foot or the corn on the bottom of your foot. Huh? Just, just live by faith. Live by faith. Speak what you believe. Number three, exercise. Here's the way I put it. Act in faith as much as you really believe you have faith to back up your actions. Act in faith for what you're believing as much as you really have faith for to back up those actions. You don't want to go beyond your faith and just acting like a movie star, you know, acting is not really them. But start to exercise your faith according to where you really are. And that's using your faith. And that's developing. And that's getting stronger. So, let's stand up. How'd I get down here? Some of us got breakthroughs this morning. And we need to thank God for that. Father, we thank you for breakthroughs that are happening and have happened already in this service. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for breakthroughs and health, strength, confusion gone, depression stopping. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. If everybody would just be in an attitude of prayer for a moment. Here is the greatest, the greatest thing you could ever release your faith for. And that's to be born again. Friend, if you're in the room here or you're watching online or later on an archive, please listen. Jesus said, you must be born again. But he also said, here's the faith to be born again with. If you're not 100% sure that you're right with God, if you're not 100% sure that you'd go to heaven if a meteorite hit this, the morning of the whole earth, if you're not 100% sure you'd go up instead of down, this prayer is for you. Don't take this lightly. This is serious, serious business. If you're not 100% sure that you're born again, if you're not 100% sure that heaven is your home and Jesus is your Lord and, and God is your Father and you're not sure if you died today, you'd go up, then you need to pray this prayer with me. The Bible says in James chapter 2 that faith without corresponding actions is dead, being alone. So we see right there, that's the last thing we talked about was exercising your faith, doing something, and, and confessing is a big part of doing in this area of being saved. So we'll, we'll mention that in just a minute. But friend, if you want to be born again, you can be. It's not too late. Oh my goodness, glory to God. If you want to be saved, born again, a child of God, and know that you know that you know that you know that you know heaven is your forever home, then I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer if you'd repeat it after me. If you want this prayer to count for you, pastor, you say, I want to be born again. And yes, please lead me in that prayer. I want to know that I know that heaven is my home. I don't want to wonder or worry any more about it. If you'd like to be born again and to get rid of all those fears and worries, right now as an act of faith, raise your hand. We'll pray right now. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Good, good. Thank you. I see that hand. And so does the Lord. And that's the main thing. Okay, you can put your hand down if you put it up. I'm going to ask one more time, just in case there's anybody else that was a little hesitant. If you would like this salvation prayer to count for you, if you want to be born again today and know that you know that you know that you know heaven is my home, I'm not even afraid to die anymore. Jesus is my Lord and I'm going to live for him. If you did not raise your hand, but you'd like to join these that did raise their hand for this prayer for you, raise your hand at this time as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. And so does the Lord. Wow. Thank you, Lord. 
All right, everybody look up here. Now, I know that in a group of people like this, sometimes it's a little nervous or whatever, but I'm telling you guys, just, just throw fear aside and say, fear, you're not my boss. You're not my boss. You're not my boss. You're not my boss. Embarrassment, you're not my boss. And you're going to find out there's nothing to be afraid of or embarrassed about anyway. But if you raised your hand or you wished you would have raised your hand on that salvation invitation, would you please at this time get to the aisle closest to you, come down here and meet me at the altar and we're going to pray and take care of business. So please, if you raised your hand on on those invitations, please come forward. Come on forward, all you that raised your hand. You guys can stand right here in a line facing me. Come on forward, just stand right here in a line facing me. Hi. Welcome. Best day of your life, man. Yeah. You want to come over here a little bit further? Anybody else, if you raised your hand or didn't raise your hand but wish you would have, you can come forward at this time. Online, if you're praying this prayer too, there's a moderator there and you can tell them what you're doing and they will help you out with this prayer as well. Guys, this is the best decision you will ever make in your entire life. And the cool thing about it is no power in hell or on this earth could stop you from being here at this altar today. You know, really, the devil's not as bad as he says he is. He's definitely not as bad as Hollywood says he is. That's a bunch of junk. You're here today by divine appointment. You're here to receive into your heart a person who loves you and died for you. He cares about you more than you could ever care about your own kids. He knows everything you're going through and have been through. He heals broken hearts. He binds up wounds, fixes emotions. But most of all, he makes you brand new on the inside and calls you his very own child. Carla, would you come up here for me, with me? We're going to pray this prayer, and Carla and I and the whole congregation are going to agree with you. So just close your eyes, and we're going to pray this salvation prayer right now and say these words. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You came to this earth in the flesh. I believe it. You lived a holy life. And then you let them kill you so you could be the sacrifice. Take our place for all our sins. Jesus, I call you Lord. And I believe in my heart God raised you from the dead. Yes, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now according to the word of God, the Holy Bible, I'm saved. I'll never doubt it again. I came to you today, Jesus, and you just made me born again. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just be thankful. Be thankful, man. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 